for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at TNTradio.live. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. I often say that everything on the left is either a lie or based on the lie. That's because it is. Take the 2020 election. They know that they stole it. We know that they stole it. And they know that we know that they stole it. But they're using their platforms to push that it's a conspiracy theory, that there's no evidence, that, well, even if there is some evidence, it doesn't rise to the level where it would have affected the election. No, it was outright stolen. And we know how they did it. They did it multiple ways. They did it with ballots that were incorrectly printed in Arizona and machines that were fakakta in Minnesota in Arizona that were uploaded with software just the night before the election, which is illegal. They did it by putting in new COVID-19 rules in states like Pennsylvania unilaterally the secretary of state did that when the law specifically states it's the legislatures the constitution and state law specifies that it's the legislature that specify the time and manner of elections yes the secretary of state is in charge with executing the election but only at the direction and at the behest of the state legislature not a judge not unilaterally, ultra vires, the Secretary of State himself or herself, the state legislature, and that wasn't done. And then we come to True the Vote. True the Vote captured cell phone data and with FOIA requests obtained footage from government cameras. These weren't spy cameras set up by, you know, a right-wing nut job podcasters they like to call all of us that broadcast on the right this wasn't steven crowder doing a gotcha on the street it wasn't dice it wasn't any of these people it wasn't a honey trap it was the government's own cctv monitoring cameras that captured people pulling up in a vehicle registered to them getting out carrying their cell phone so we had precise geolocation data and stuffing the boxes at 2 a.m 3 a.m and they were able to follow the car again using the cell phone geotracking data car would make six or seven stops at two or three in the morning and it happened multiple times it happened literally thousands of times hence the name of Dinesh D'Souza's movie 2000 Mules so they didn't just steal it one way, they stole it a lot of ways. And perhaps the most egregious, the most obnoxious, the most flipping us off with both hands while they did it was the 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 4.30 a.m. injection of ballots into the system all at once so that the graphs, which started out very slowly and gradually a separation and quite a large separation between President Trump and Stumblebum Joe developed. And then Mirabaludiktu in five states. The graph did the exact same thing. There was a vertical line. So if you have a graph of a graph of votes over time, 
and all of a sudden you get a vertical line, that means an infusion of votes into the system all at the same time. And it happened in Georgia. It happened in Pennsylvania. It happened in Michigan. It happened in Wisconsin. And it happened in Arizona. The graphs are identical. And then, as if just to prove to us that they could do whatever the hell they wanted and there wasn't anything we could do to stop it, the two Senate runoffs in Georgia that we had recently, if you overlay both races, the graphs do exactly the same thing as each other and exactly the same thing that the graph from 2020 did. A gradual separation with the Republican in the lead over the Democrat, and then all of a sudden, boom, a vertical line, an infusion of votes. And oh, by the way, did I not mention that this infusion of votes into the system occurred after ballot counting had been suspended for the night? And like good little doobies, the Republicans went home trusting that the Democrats weren't going to be engaged in shenanigans or maybe counting on it and just turning a blind eye. And the Democrats just did a 180 and went back and started pulling out suitcases full of ballots underneath tables that had been covered with tablecloths, running them through two, three, four times. These people feel like they can break the law with impunity and pretty soon it's going to be catching up with them. True the Vote won its case in Georgia, the federal case that they were defending when they were accused of engaged in voter intimidation. And that's just the beginning of the turning, the beginning of the reckoning. 2024 is going to be an incredibly important year. And I'm still very bullish on our hopes of returning to a constitutional republic. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. Did you know there are many ways you can listen to and watch today's news talk, TNT? Why not stream us directly from our website on your desktop, tablet, or mobile device, or download our app from the App Store? We even stream live on Facebook, X, YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey, including the Roku and Fire Stick apps. We've got you covered on today's news talk. Giving you what you want. I want the fact. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The U.S. national debt has breached a rather depressing and unflattering milestone, topping $34 trillion for the first time ever. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT radio news producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy. Yeah, this is not the kind of milestone one wants to achieve as a country, that's for sure. Um, I have some comparisons too. This is where it gets really sad, Timothy. You're probably going to cry over this. Uh, this this amount uh, topping 34 trillion for the first time in history. This is a this is more than double the total of the world's next biggest borrower, China. That's that's right. Uh, so this is uh, data has been released from the U.S. Department of Treasury. Uh, this is called the Treasury Department Debt to the Penny. Um, but the new debt total on Tuesday uh, that's been disclosed. Ah, this is too much. These numbers are staggering. Okay, so we've exceeded the $34 trillion mark by nearly $1.5 billion as of December 29th, the last business day of 2023. The amount owed had increased by... $90 billion since just the previous day. 
You heard that correctly. We went up by $90 billion in a single day. Let that sink in. Wow. Washington's uh, public debt now amounts to about $102,000 for each man, woman, and child in the United States, or approximately $260,000 per household. The total debt now is roughly equivalent to the economies of China, Germany, Japan, India, and the UK combined. <laughs> That's right. This has been pointed out by the Peter G. Peterson Foundation, a nonpartisan fiscal policy group in New York. Uh, the foundation's CEO, Michael Peterson, said, quote, we are beginning a new year, but our national debt remains on the same damaging and unsustainable path. He adds that, quote, adding trillion after trillion in debt year after year should be a flashing warning sign to any policymaker who cares about the future of our country, end quote. We know how many of them don't care about the future of our country, unfortunately. Uh, by comparison, China owed around $14 trillion in their own version of governmental debt as of last year. That is according to an estimate from the International Monetary Fund, the IMF. U.S. government debt is approximately equal to the combined totals, as I said, uh, for the world's next biggest five borrowers, China, Japan, the U.K., France, and Italy. Uh, U.S. debt as a percentage of GDP is over 123%. That's really not good. Uh, China's sitting at 83%. Japan, though, has the largest debt burden relative to GDP at a whopping 255%. Yikes. Uh, the amount the U.S. government owes lenders has increased by $6.25 trillion, or approximately 23%, since President Joe Biden took office, and we all... Yeah, we mean it. He took the office three years ago. <laughs> wow. Excuse me. To put that in perspective, it took about 225 years from the founding of the nation to approach $6 trillion in public debt. Joe Biden beat that by a quarter of a trillion. <laughs> this is insane. Uh, the growth in debt has accelerated rapidly in the past two decades. It jumped by more than $9 trillion during Barack Obama's eight years as president then increased another $7.8 trillion during Donald Trump's four-year term. This thing is out of control, people. Interest costs on the U.S. debt rose to $659 billion in the government's last fiscal year, which is about double the entire federal budget of Russia. Interest payments will total an estimated $750 billion this year, or $2 billion per day. I, I don't this I'm a math guy, Timothy, so my head is cooking. Uh, what do you think about this one? Well, I've got a few observations. First of all, we're going to have to update the old saying in Washington, a billion here, a billion there. Pretty soon you're talking about real money. They're aiming at a hundred billion here, a hundred billion there. You know, the fact that it's gone up ninety billion dollars, so you know, in such a short period of time is staggering. And let me disabuse anyone who thinks that this was inevitable spending or necessary spending. It wasn't. How did we get here? Well, we got here a number of ways. First of all, we do not give our president a line item veto. Many state governors have that power. And if you'll note, it's usually Republican-run states, and it's usually those states that run budget surpluses. The line item veto is important to do away with all of the backroom deals, midnight chicanery, and especially 
loading up the National Defense Authorization Act like it was the Grinch's sleigh after his change of heart. This is an existential threat to our constitutional public, and it is being done intentionally, and it is being done with the complicity of way too many Republican representatives. We really need to start holding the GOP accountable, holding their feet to the fire, and getting rid of representatives that aren't representing we the people, our interests, and our beloved country. Oh yeah, high, high, high past time, out with the old, in with the new, uh, Timothy. Um, I, I want to have some more fun with some of these numbers just so people understand just how bad the situation is. I don't mean to like black pill everyone, but this is just wild to me. All right. So yeah. we have Representative David Schweikart, Republican from Arizona, did a little math. I'm going to quote what he posted about this on uh, X, if I'm not mistaken, quote, by my calculations, it's only going to get worse, end quote. Uh, here's what he says, quote, we're borrowing over $106,000 per second per second this fiscal year at this rate we'll end fiscal year 24 with our national debt soaring past 36 trillion dollars and he says timothy quote the financial wheels have fallen off end quote i think it's a little worse than just the wheels falling off at this uh point in time mr schweikart oh we've got a bent frame the brakes are out and the seats are rattling and and, and let me point out something when they said that it was hundred and six thousand dollars per man, woman, and child in the United States, they're only counting U.S. citizens. They're not counting the up to 50 million illegals that are here, right? So that burden, even though the services and the expenditures are going to disproportionately go to the illegals, the burden is going to be borne by the citizen taxpayers. This is really at the root of what's going on. It's a phenomenal wealth transfer from American citizens to the third world. Well, there's all that to consider for sure. I mean, yeah, other nations are gonna uh, emerge victorious uh, at the end of our spectacular failure if we don't turn this ship around and like yesterday. And you know, Look, I don't they, have a time machine. How they do we come do here by the hundreds of thousands carrying flags of their native lands. Refugees don't do that. Immigrants don't do that. Who does that? An invading force. And that's what's going on. We're being invaded by the third world and the Democrats and the complicit Republicans are all about it. Oh, yeah. They've been bought and paid for. Um, I mean, look at what happened in California recently with Gavin Newsom yeah. kowtowing to uh, or bowing down basically to the CCP leader. Uh, Physically that's bowing sign. down. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's not good. I mean, so none of this is a surprise. I, it's just how many different ways are, are we going to fall thanks to, you know, um, you know, communists who have infiltrated our country? I hate to say it, but that's basically literally what has happened. And now we have to Th deal that with is it. What's yeah, that is what's happening. And I don't have any answers to this. I recognize the severity of the problem. Adam, we've been warning about this for years, haven't we? And yet here we are in 2024. Honestly, ultimately, the only salvation, the only solution to all of these problems is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's return. We can't make Judas's error and, and hope for a political savior, but we do need to gain 
control of the reins of our government. We need to get back control of our government and snap about its perception that we work for them and get them to realize that they work for us. Thanks for a dispiriting but enlightening story, Adam. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. Jeremy now on TNT Radio. Being South African, I'm, I know the situation and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. Um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, but over the last few months, both of those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Plug in. Website. tntradio.live. Check it out. Today's News Talk Radio. It's the coolest. TNT. Brooke McGowan's been a grassroots activist for the past three decades and a former state Senate candidate in her native Oklahoma. Brooke came to national prominence as a host of the Tea Party News Network, where she was the last journalist to interview Andrew Breitbart prior to his untimely death. Before we co-founded MAGA Institute together in 2019, she founded Wahini for Trump and during the COVID-19 pandemic, founded Reopen Hawaii and sued Hawaiian Governor David Ige over his anti-constitutional COVID-19 lockdowns. She's now running to represent North Carolina's 10th Congressional District in Congress. I'd like to welcome back to The Reckoning, my sister from another mister, Brooke McGowan. Timbo, it's so great to be with you again. This is like putting the band back together. It is, you know, and it's great because we're on camera now, which is fun. People get to see you, not just hear you. And right. pretty soon the MAGA Institute podcast is going to be back with a video as well. But yep. what, what, you got bored and all of a sudden, yeah, what are we going to do in the new year? Oh, I'll just run for Congress. Well, as you know, in the United States, we have been suffering a lot since 2020. That is no small thing what we've been under. And uh, this tyranny has to stop. And really, people, patriots like myself need to go to D.C. and go to Congress and, you know, file for um, investigations and hold these people accountable for what's happened to us. Because if we don't, Timbo, as you know, we're going to have even worse situations come down the pike if we do not hold them accountable. And that's really what it's all about. And you, know, you ran for state Senate in Oklahoma in 2015, and I've been and other people have been urging you to, to seek office again for the last eight years. So in, a, in one sense, this is a little bit uh, overdue in, in terms of getting a, a great constitutional patriot such as yourself into Congress. But I, I couldn't be happier and, and more proud of the effort that you're making 
This is an open seat, which gives you a real shot at landing in DC. And I know to my core that if you win, you're not going to be one of those Republicans, like a certain Republican with whom we had dinner on January 5th, 2021, that's going to go to DC and promptly forget everything they said to their constituents. Isn't it the saddest thing that we know how Congress is faring you know, poll-wise across the country, 98, what, what is it, like 13%, you know, approval rating? That's pretty abysmal. Yeah. But when it comes down to replacing their congressman, most people do reelect their incumbent. There's a 98% incumbency, you know, affinity for some reason. And this is an open seat. So this does give me, I would have loved to have, um, and I wanted to, challenge Patrick McHenry, who is our current uh, District 10 uh, congressman. But knowing the rates that I know, knowing the polling, knowing the 98%, how difficult that would have been. So the fact that he did decide to toss in the towel and no longer run for election, re-election, uh, just gave me a boost. And maybe this isn't the time, but I promise you, I will not ever be sucked into the uniparty. And that is what I'm going to D.C. to fight for. Fight for grassroots and conservative principles. Fight for the Lord. Fight for the people who have died during COVID. Fight for the people of my district who have been disenfranchised during COVID, too, whether they were losing their jobs, their livelihoods, maybe the masks mandate, maybe their children weren't allowed to go to games or school uh, events or they couldn't go. Uh, it's time that we fight back and we fight back hard and to the core of it, really, and that is in Congress. It is. That is where a lot of it starts. And we co-founded MAGA Institute. You were my one call. I was listening to Steve Bannon on a podcast and he was describing, using an analogy, uh, analogizing President Trump to an icebreaker, saying that President Trump's an icebreaker and the way an icebreaker works is it plows a channel through the ice. But if you don't follow it with a flotilla of ships, that ice will just reform at the stern and it's like the icebreaker never went through. And he said, America cannot survive as a constitutional republic if Donald Trump goes through the presidency and then everything goes back to the way it was before. We need to follow him with a flotilla of America first candidates. And I got the idea for combining what, what they did with the tax pledge and what Newt Gingrich did with the contract with America, put them together and you were my only call. And I even started the call. I remember it vividly. I remember exactly where I was when I made the call. And I said, Brooke, I got an idea and you're my only call. If, if you say yes, we're doing this. And if you say no, I'm not. And, and fortunately, you said yes. And, and that's what MAGA Institute is all about. Not endorsing because we don't trust any of them. It's no. always got to be, what have you done for me lately? And I happen yeah. to be lucky. I'm in New York 22. I had Claudia Tenney for a couple of years. They literally gerrymandered the district to include Syracuse, trying to get Claudia out of Congress. She moved over to where her business office is in New York 24 and is now representing the good folks a little bit to my West. And in New York 22, despite having Syracuse and Onondaga County and all those Democrats voting in my congressional district. Now, we elected a real MAGA patriot, Brandon Williams. And how do I know he's good? Because he was doxxed over the Christmas holiday, uh, uh, swatted. He was swatted over the Christmas holiday. So 
I happen to be one of the fortunate people that has a legitimately good representative right now. But so many people, if you're not one of the 25 to 40, however you want to count them, members of the Freedom Caucus, if you've got a Republican representative that took money from Pfizer, because two-thirds of our congressmen took money from Pfizer, and it wasn't just Democrats that did it. If your congressman took money from Pfizer, it's time to get a new congressman or congresswoman. If your representative isn't representing you, it's time to elect somebody like Brooke. <laughs> well, thank you. It's awesome to have your endorsement. Um, I did enjoy the time that we. Oh, I didn't spared. endorse you. I'm certifying you. I don't trust you either. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. So, running MAGA Institute with you has been a great pleasure, and also something that was been needed long before. What MAGA Institute does is what the party can't and won't do, and that is we vet the candidates. Obviously, at the primary yeah. level. Parties don't do that. Obviously, sometimes small groups do, but generally not a federated group or a party. So the fact that we could do that and do that together and do that was such fun. Now, we have been disappointed a time or two. We've we've certified some candidates that we've had to go, well, wait a minute. But that's what's happening. That's what happens. It seems like sometimes people go to either their state house or the rotunda at Capitol Hill and they're their brains fall out. They're, they just tend to lose their all their values and their standards, and they don't stand by the promises that they've made to their district. And I definitely not be breaking any promises to my district. You know, to my core, who I am as a conservative, uh, as a Christian, as somebody who's going to stand up for the little man. And, you know, I'm tired of watching us continue to go back to the till, which is the American people. Uh, for more and more money while we're sitting on $33 trillion in debt and just pouring it out to the illegals at the border and all of the mess that we're in right now. So I will, with great pleasure, uh, be representing MAGA Institute while I sit on the Hill, should the Lord will that I win. Absolutely. It's all in his hands. I said at the end of their story, by the way, we just crossed $34 trillion dollars. That we, we've got to not fall victim to the sin that Judas committed, which was looking for a political solution to our problems. Our problems ultimately will only be solved by the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. However, it is up to we the people to grab back the reins of control over our government. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that after the news break. You're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk TNT. TNT Radio News. We are your station for news. News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. During a memorial event in Iran marking the fourth anniversary of the death of Qassam Soleimani, commander of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps Quds Force, a series of explosions occurred, resulting in significant casualties. EU spokesperson for foreign affairs Peter Stano communicated to TASS that Ukraine is legally entitled to defend itself from aggression. Canada, alongside several allied nations, has issued a stern warning to Yemen's Houthi rebels regarding their ongoing maritime attacks in the Red Sea. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Brooke, before we get too much deeper into the show, I'd like to 
inform you that after a vigorous review and analysis, we have at MAGA Institute decided to certify your candidacy. You are now an officially MAGA Institute certified America First candidate for Congress in North Carolina's 10th Congressional District. Well, I thank you for this high honor. I do. Honestly, being an America First candidate is important. We need 430 of me, honestly, to change this, you know, We do. And as I said, we've only got 25 to 40 based on, you know, how you Mm -hmm. want to count it, based on which votes you're looking at. And, you know, when I was talking with Adam about our crossing the $34 trillion threshold, this wasn't inevitable. This wasn't all because of covid and it was done with the complicity of way 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 too many republicans amen yeah that's been our problem all along i mean you know you and i for many years have been fighting not just the democrats but also the republicans the establishment republicans we call it the gope right the gop the gope um it's been an uphill battle it seems like Every time, every state I've lived in has been the same battle, Timbo. We've lived in North yeah. Carolina for many years, and then I left to go to Oklahoma and fight the fight there. And then we were in Hawaii for a while, as you mentioned in the intro. And the battle has always been the same, whether they are Republicans or Democrats, they fall into the same mentality of we've got to go along to get along instead of fighting back. I intend to fight back. In fact, that's on all of my signs and on my website, fight back. This is the time and the time, The time was really a long time ago, but now we must definitely be fighting back against tyranny at every level, local, state and national. You know, we're going to follow. We're going to find out that 2024 is going to be a mess again. We're under a soft coup. The, The tyranny coming from the World Health Organization as they suck us into this pandemic treaty every time you turn around. Now, Trump wisely pulled us out of the WHO, but of course, we're in a captured government now. So we're right back into it. They're going to take away our sovereignty. Who's going to stand up to that? It's going to be more. It needs to be more than 25 Freedom Caucus members, I can tell you. It absolutely does. And part of the big problem is GOP. I was an elected member of our town GOP committee. Massachusetts does it a little bit differently. I know in your part of the country, they, they call it something else. In Ohio, they call it central committee. Each county has a central committee. And we have towns matter in Massachusetts. All government is based at the town level, really is the best form of representative democracy, in my opinion, even though the politics sometimes are a little wingy. It's uh, it's a great structure. And uh, we saw it, people, it's it's so-and-so's turn. That's how Bob Dole got to be the nominee in 1996. Well, it's Bob Dole's turn. You know, that's how John McCain got to be the nominee in 2008. Oh, it's it's... It's John McCain's turn. We got to get away from this idea of turns. We've got to get away from this idea of, you know, working your way up the ladder. And I want to specifically call out the Rockwell County, Texas GOP committee. They've just released an open letter to the constituents about State House, uh, Texas House State Representative Justin Holland. And Brooke, when you read this press conference, and I will post it on X at The Reckoning TNT. Please give me a, a follow. It reads like something we would have written. It lists out all the things that he's done that are against the GOP, against the constituents, comments he's made 
apologies he's made in private, but not in public, retractions that he's made in private, but not in public, and votes that he's taken. And, and that's what people need to be doing. And that's what our local GOP committees need to be doing, right? At the county level or how whatever you call it in your state, the GOP committee really needs to be the first watchdog of we the people. And as we say all the time, neither one of us in our decades of involvement at the grassroots level has ever been stabbed in the back by a Democrat, but we're like porcupines with all the knives we've taken from putative Republicans. Isn't it, isn't it sad though, that that's the only place we have to go? I mean, really, if you look, we are a two-party system. You only have the Republicans or the Democrats to turn to. Now, the Republican party is the one that I, the platform I associate the most with, which is why I've been a lifelong Republican. But no matter where I've lived, Timbo, in these states, it's been the same story. You know, they, they, they don't really want big tent, even though they tell you that they are a big tent Republican. They really want to keep their little power structure really small. And I call that the power brokers, which, you know, I've stood up to in every state that I've lived and you've continued to stand up to them. And MAGA Institute candidates have stood up to the power brokers in every district that we've qualified or, or certified a candidate. And I'm so proud of those candidates. Many of them are on the Freedom Caucus currently. I can't wait to join them and bring a little firebrand of myself to help them fight the good fight that they have to continue to do. We need more than 25, 26. We need 260 Freedom Caucus. And that is a I know that's a high order, but the Lord can do a lot. This is a new year. 2024 is an amazing time on the ballot. I'm on the ballot with President Trump for the Super Tuesday on March 5th. This is an amazing time to be standing in the gap for the Trump doctrine, for the maggot uh, mindset, for America first values. This is our time. Our time is now. Our time is running out and we better get out and vote. We absolutely need to. I took a call yesterday from a mutual friend, and I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it because you've been you know, so busy with, with campaign activities, getting your campaign stood up and operational. And folks, you can check out the campaign website at brookfornc.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-E, for F-O-R-N-C.com. And the call was heartening because it related something that I had previously been unaware of. And it was from World War II saying, why were we able to win? And, and the man said, well, it's because of what you did every day. And what they did every day, Brooke, was they prayed. We prayed. And we, by praying, according to this former enemy of the United States, confounded the plans that they were making. Said every time we had a plan we thought it was going to work, it ended up not being able to be implemented, or if we were able to implement it, it ended up not working. And I thought, you know, what a beautiful testament to the power of prayer. We all know that nothing is impossible for our Lord. And I know that you're going to join me in my call for a moment. And this is where a moment of silence came from, right? It was a moment of prayer. And I think we should do it every day at 3 p.m. in whatever time zone you're in, the hour of our Lord's death. Pray for a minute. Pray for our country. Pray even for our president, even though he's 
shatting his pants left and right all over the globe and even in the Oval Office, even though he's shatting all over the Constitution. We need to pray. And in this instance, my prayer, quite frankly, is that he's not able to see his plans or the plans of the people running him, because let's face it, Joe Biden's not in charge of this government. No. That their plans for us are confounded, that the plans of the World Economic Forum and all the other globalists are confounded. And I think that would be a great place. It doesn't cost anybody anything. Just pray for a minute every day at 3 p.m., not just for a little bit, but from here on out forever. I love that. You know, prayer changes things. We need to not only pray for those things, but we need to be praying for the awareness of other people to be woken, awoken to what right. is taking place in our country. You know, a lot of people have a lot of gripes about a lot of things, whether it's the school boards or, you know, whatever's happening in their community. But let's pray that everybody recognizes the big picture. And that is that we are in a spiritual war. This is spiritual warfare. This is a battle in the heavenlies that's been, you know, we see it in the natural because that's how it works, right? But if we can right. continue to pray to the Lord and seek his face, then the enemy will be confounded. God's will will happen. We can survive this. This is a scary year. People have been watching what's taking place at the border and everybody's asking, when is something going to pop off? Well, pray against that. Pray, pray right. that those, pray that those plans are confounded and 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 that the enemy is, you know, stricken, un able to do anything. And that's how the Lord works. I mean, he can confound, you know property he can confound the tanks he can confound guns he can he can stop everything but we need to be on our face on our knees before the lord asking for his protection as well as his mighty ability to stop all of the evil against america yeah and i want to talk a little bit about those evil plans that they have for us after the break you're listening to the reckoning on today's news talk T right now the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care, for life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option. Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. To learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. Prediabetes does. One in three adults has prediabetes, but with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. And you can change the outcome. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test today. Go to doihaveprediabetes.org. You're listening to The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Brooke, I alluded to the fact that Stumblebum Joe is not running 
this government. One of the aspects of the nefarious plans that they have for us is to use our constitutional system to destroy not only the Constitution, but the Republic. They're doing it with the out-of-control spending. Our debt is now $34 trillion with a T. And one of the ways that we can get it back is electing candidates such as yourself to Congress. And in order to do that, we're going to have to start getting better GOP committees. And that's why we have said, now is not the time to throw up your hands in frustration. Now is the time to roll up your sleeves and get to work, get up off the couch and get active. Either run for office as you're doing, the amazing example that you're setting for the people of your district, or get involved with a candidate in whom you believe, like our very dear friend and South Florida coordinator down in Western Florida, Debbie Wasserman Schultz's hometown, who flipped the mayor and the city council from Democrat to Republican a few years ago. It can be done. It takes a lot of hard work, but it's something that is eminently doable. It's a very achievable goal. And if you take over, you can do what our friends in Rhode Island did. You take over the town committees and then the town committees elect a America First Central Committee or County Committee, and then you take over enough counties and you can take over the state committee. And we've always said that this is a years long process, but in Rhode Island, Brooke, they literally did it in one election cycle. That's fantastic. Way to go, Rhode Island. <laughs> I mean, it can be done. You know, we, we always suggest that folks get involved, not just through their party or their auxiliary clubs, but also look Look to being a precinct chairman, a precinct president, a precinct captain, whatever it's called in your area. That gives you an opportunity to get to know your neighbors and everybody in your area, in your little community. You can contact them. You can have get-togethers, meet and greets, movie watching about, a, you know, maybe Sound of Freedom or some sort of patriotic movie that we all need to be seeing together. That is an incredible opportunity. So many people miss the opportunity of a precinct chairperson or vice or secretary or treasurer or whatever of the precinct. You know, that's the smallest amount of government that they can be a part of. And eventually that will grow into something that, that will really fit you. But also you won't believe how much you'll enjoy getting to know your neighbors and other people of like mind. Yeah, we, we're not wearing hair shirts here. We're not doing this to become martyrs. It's a lot of fun being involved in the process and in helping to make our communities better. And let me say one other thing to the importance of precinct committees and, and town committees and county committees. They're responsible for the get out the vote effort. And if the last two stolen elections tell us anything, it's the importance of getting out the vote. We have to overwhelm the system with enough legitimate votes that their illegitimate votes won't be able to tip the scales. And oftentimes, even as a precinct person or just involved in your county somehow, whether you're, you know, a part of an auxiliary club, as I mentioned, there's a ladies uh, national federation of women, Republican women, and there's also a men's club that you can be a part of. And oftentimes they have little ad hoc committees that they go and they do things like um, investigating what's taking place at their their uh, local board of elections. That's very important to get involved. So you can be a poll watcher. So you can be a part of the process a little bit more than just being upset at home when things aren't going our way like they did November 3rd of 2020.
Yeah, talking to your TV might feel better. Yelling back to your TV might make you feel better, but it's not moving the needle at all. But getting involved in your local committees in your local electoral process absolutely makes a difference. It really does. Um, I can't urge people enough to do that. You know, used to we would send them to our website, but as our as you know, our website has been taken down. But you can go to your board of elections. You can find out who is your precinct chairperson. Maybe they're ready to not be a part of that anymore. This this season is coming up for precinct organization taking place in every county in the country, sometimes around February, March. This is a presidential election year. I can't tell you how important it is to be a part of the process. You want to be a delegate to your county uh, convention, you want to be a delegate to your state convention, and maybe you'll be elected enough to be, or lucky enough to be elected to, as a delegate to the national convention. But we are um, hopeful that, of course, we are promoting Trump in this election and that you will too, and you've got to get involved and definitely get out the vote, but certainly go to your precinct and county conventions. And it's funny because they're manic in a panic right? They are deathly afraid of Donald Trump being president again, not because he's a threat to the Constitution, not because he's a threat to democracy, quite the opposite. He's a threat to them in their nefarious deeds, in their backroom deals, and all of the unholy plans that they have for our country. And as he has stated many times, it's we the people that they really hate. And what they're saying by trying to keep him off the ballot. If Donald Trump were everything that they say he was, right? let's assume that he's everything that they said he is. Well, then why not just let him run? Because there's no way a candidate like that could win, right? No, they don't want us to have the power to be able to cast our ballot for who we want. And as Bobby Kennedy said, that's not democracy. That's the end of democracy. And the Democrat Party is doing to him what they did to Bernie Sanders in 2016 and what they're doing to Donald Trump. 100%. I recently just found out there's a Republican voter in Wake County, North Carolina, suing to keep Trump off of the ballot in North Carolina. Excuse me, a Republican, you should get your hand slapped and make you, you know, have to turn in your Republican card. That's not democracy. That's not a republic, how it's supposed to be run. That's fascism. That's communism. That's socialism. That's what Putin has done. Looks like Zelensky in Ukraine is no is not going to hold uh, his elections, holding us hostage for more money. That's what tyrants do. That's what totalitarians do. And removing Trump from the ballot proves to us that you just are who we think you are, and yeah. that is a tyrant. And I have unilaterally in my own mind changed the name of Wake County to Woke County because there's a whole lot of problems in North Carolina coming out of Woke County. And that's not a real Republican. That's an Anna Navarro Republican. That's a that's a stooge. That's a paper tiger. Like on the view, they'll always have one quote unquote Republican. And the only woman that they had who was an actual conservative, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, well, they let her stay on a little while, but then she kept saying some pesky things that were true that they just couldn't respond to. And so Elizabeth had to go. Uh, and so when you have somebody like, you know, my father McCain, 
or Anna Navarro or somebody else on CNN or other places alleging to be a Republican, know in your heart they're not really Republicans. Brooke, I said on January 20th, 2021, that Joe Biden would not be the nominee in November of 2024. It's not going to be Kamala either. It's been the most disastrous vice presidency in the most disastrous presidency in history. Joe Biden didn't screw up the Obama administration as badly as Kamala has screwed up the Biden administration. So, you know, believe it or not, Joe Biden was a better vice president to Obama than than Kamala has been to him. And I don't think he's going to be the candidate. We've all been focusing on Gruesome Newsome out in California. And a friend, our mutual friend, David, up in South Dakota, asked me today who my Democrat dark horse was. Who do I think is going to be the nominee if it's not Gruesome Newsome or other any of the other cast of characters that have been bandied about? And I think if I were running the Democrat Party, I'd want a governor because governors typically make the best presidents, or we now have to say governors and businessmen, right? And I think it might be one of three. I think it might be either Andy Bashir, who just won re-election in Kentucky. I think it might be Maura Healy in Massachusetts, because that'll get him the women vote and first women presidential candidate, you know, since Hillary and all of that. And I think there's an outside chance that it might be your governor, Roy Cooper. Oh, gosh. Have mercy. Oh, Lord, that would be awful. I mean, honestly, I don't care who's running for the Democrat field. They better not win. We have got to take this country back. If we don't take it back in 2024, if if Trump is not on the ballot in 2024, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't, I don't want to know. I don't even want to find out. That sounds like dangerous territory. And a lot of people are preparing for dangerous days ahead. As you know, people in our circles are concerned about what's taking place, ne- definitely with the border. But if we cannot even have a legal and fair election, then we're not a country. We're not a country already. No. I mean, the stolen yeah. election makes a stolen country. And we can see that when there have been 16 plus million. I think Donald Trump said at least 16 million, even though the news claims it's about eight, 16 million. So maybe 20 by now uh, illegals coming off the border, coming through the border, both north and south what is going to take place? I mean, we have very dangerous days ahead. People better be getting ready for uh, this overrun because it's coming to our neighbor. It's coming to our neighborhood. It's coming to our porches. We need to be prepared for that. And it really doesn't even matter who is going to be on the Democrat ticket. The Democrats want to cheat and they want to keep Trump off of the ballot. Looks like a few Republicans do. Also, the Wake County Republican, as well as people like Liz Cheney and Adam Kitzinger, and I think you mentioned a few others, and Navarro, there are, you know, there better be a fair election this year, Timbo, because things could pop off and it may come from our side. Well, and that's what they want, right? They're they're poking the bear. They're hoping to get swatted because then they're going to be able to justify martial law they're going to be able to justify taking this country by force in the streets and 
it, it's getting bad out there in the streets. I just saw heartbreaking video from a, a woman who's a native North Korean and she made it here and she's become a citizen and she was violently attacked and she called the police and the police didn't do anything while, while she was being attacked. And she said, you know, America's turning into North Korea. This is what happens in North Korea that, the, you know, with the police turning a blind eye to criminals of a certain complexion, et cetera. And it's exactly what they want. They want us to pop off, which is why we for years now have been advocating for people to stay frosty. And they've been going after patriots like Jeremy Brown, who we met outside our hotel in D.C. on the evening of January 6th. And there's been some good results in January 6th persecutions lately. Uh, we, the Supreme Court is now entertaining a case that could result in the dismissal of charges to most of the January 6th defendants, the obstruction of an official proceeding uh, charge. And there's hope on the horizon, but I'm deathly afraid that we're looking down the barrel at another 1968 where we might not have just one, but two political assassinations. And I hope and pray that it doesn't happen. I would never be happier to be wrong than to be wrong about that. We have some good wins. If you remember, you know, Elon Musk has opened back up our ability for free well, speech. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't, okay? At Timbo's Tim62. Most, most everybody. Not... Underscore Institute, Elon. You got to gotta reinstate those accounts. I meant everybody but us, somehow. Yeah, I don't right? know. <laughs> We're also dead on Facebook. I've got more Facebook ban medals, you know, 32 30-day bans and a lifetime ban. So I think, I, I don't know, I might be the leader in the clubhouse here. Listen, if we could have monetized what took place on Facebook... Oh. When I had the two million bikers to DC page, and we had four hundred and I don't know eighty thousand people, and they zapped us because we talked about Islamophobia, or, well, is the Islamization of America? They called us Islamophobes. We talked right. about that one too many times, so they took that down. They took down our MAGA Institute page, which is how we connected with most of our people. What did we have like twenty thousand folks that we talked to yeah. on a regular basis? Yeah. They 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 jerked that out from under us. They jerked our Twitter away. If we could have just you know had a dime for every time we got slapped on the wrist, we may have made it by now. Oh, we'd be living large. And we got to leave it there, Brooke. We're definitely going to have you back as the campaign progresses, folks. Go to brookfornc.com. Get involved with her campaign if you live in her congressional district. If you don't, consider tossing her a couple bucks. She could really use the effort. This is a true and genuine, true blue conservative, true blue America first conservative running for Congress in NC10. That's it for tonight's Reckoning on today's News Talk TNT. Stay tuned for the Havorier Morant Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.